Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to November, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, MMA Fighting's matchmaking podcast, and this week. We take a look at what could be next for some of the notable names coming out of UFC Vegas 12, which went down this past Saturday, Halloween night, at the UFC Apex, capped off by what looks to be the final UFC fight for Anderson Silva. And unfortunately, it was not a happy ending for the Spider, as he was finished by one Uriah Hall in the fourth round. Welcome again. My name is Mike Heck. Hope you're all a little extra refreshed, getting that extra hour of sleep. The clock's going back an hour. And joining me as always, my best friend, my co-host, my fellow matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex K. Lee. How are you, sir? Mike Heck, my favorite, my favorite person in the world. Uh, <laughs> happy to do the show with you, of course. Yes, uh, I'm still emotional from last night. I, I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people will be during the week when they think about Again, even if this is only his last UFC appearance, even if it isn't, I think every time Anderson Silva fights now, you know, there might be some diminishing returns as there is when guys keep kind of waffling when they're going to walk away or, or not walk away. But we should appreciate these moments. And that was really, again, if that was the last time we see him fight in the UFC or fight at all, what a way to go out. You know, so emotional with, with Uriah Hall and uh, the moment they shared afterwards. And it, it was it was really, really something. He stuck around for the post-fight uh, t- TV interview, which I thought was great. You know, that's just something I understood would do. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still emotional. But I, I hope everyone uh, had a good uh, good Halloween weekend and uh, that their, their, their bellies and their children's bellies are filled with candy and their, their hearts are filled with joy. That is uh, my wish, Rebel. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a small part of me that hoped we could match make for Anderson Silva at least once on this show, but it uh, yeah, yeah. doesn't look like it's going to happen. Hopefully the UFC just outright releases him if they don't want him around. If Anderson wants to retire, that is his decision to make. If he wants to keep going, that is also his decision to make. If he wants to go to Bellator, Ryzen won, good on him. And uh, I just want to say, you know, Anderson lost, he got finished. Not the Octagon Swan song we all wanted, but... Uh, pretty damn competitive in that fight and when ain't no sunshine hit man i still got those goosebumps ak got me right in the field goosies Goosies. yes those goosies were rampant but uh so let's start with the man who got the victory the man who kind of flew in under the radar because of all the narratives and storylines surrounding this fight uriah hall finishes his idol that became rival in the fourth round biggest name on his resume for sure Yes, he did have the win over Gegard Mousasi, but this is definitely the more marquee name on that resume. Ranked number 10 right now, AK. He's won three in a row. What do you like next for Mr. Primetime after Saturday night? Mr. Mr. Primetime. Maybe the best version of Uriah Hall we're seeing. 36 years young. 
Uriah Hall, may, maybe the best we've seen him yet. Uh, Mercurial, I think, is one. Of, he's one of those fighters who <laughs> we use that word to describe him a lot. Um, I mean, from 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 the Ultimate Fighter, you know, just look like an absolute blue chipper. Um, has been fighting strong competition forever, even before the UFC. I think before he fought Chris Weidman, like his fifth pro fight. So, uh, so it's really it's actually really fun to match me for him now. I think the most logical thing. I'll just go right to it. The Ronaldo uh, Jacare Souza Marvin Vittori winner, which was just which was just booked or just announced. I think that makes a lot of sense. They're fighting next month. I'm sure Hall uh, is already thinking about fighting again soon. Maybe not before the end of the year, but you know, January, February. So the winner of that fight makes a lot of sense. Uh, Hall and Jacare were supposed to fight a couple of times at uh, UFC 249 when it was originally scheduled in April. The event got canceled, and then it got moved to May, and they, the, the fight also got moved, and then Jacare uh, tested positive for COVID. So uh, that's it. That's, that's really the, the only matchup I'm eyeing, I think, uh, for Uriah Hall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been an interesting year for Uriah Hall. He's had some big fights on the books this year, and through no fault of his own, most of them have fallen out. You know, like you mentioned, Jacare, Yoel Romero is another one. Personally, I'd like to see them try and rebook the Romero fight if they could, because that is just a super interesting matchup. I mean, I know Romero's on a losing streak, but Hall's trending upwards. The UFC seems to see a lot in him, so I like that idea. Now, if they don't want to give him that much of a bump up, let's see if he can keep knocking off former champions, maybe negate a, a previous loss in his career. How about Uriah Hall versus the aforementioned Chris Weidman. Weidman Ooh. had some injuries, says he's going to be ready to fight in January. Got the pay-per-view. That one's starting to fill up. That would be a nice addition if Hall can turn around somewhat quickly. Plus, there's January 16th, January 30th. Both those cards need a main mm. event right now, and that one would work as a fight night main event. I uh, I like both those matchups for Mr. Hall, AK. Yeah, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that. Just, the fight with Weidman was a life, literally a lifetime ago for <laughs> yeah. both men. I think uh, 10 years, I'm looking, I'm seeing here, 10 years. Uh, they're very different fighters, very different points of their careers. I'd have no problem with that. Again, and I think Weidman for me is in that range where I would like to see him, you know, we've talked about him, we talked about him fighting, being booked against Anderson Silva. That's a fight we all want to see. I think people still want to see if, if uh, Anderson ends up having to fight in the UFC again. That's, I think, one of the matchups uh, people would find palatable. So, that's the stage Weidman's in. I think rematch. I don't think there's any rematch that's really off the table uh, of anyone that he fought. You know, not hasn't fought in the last like two years. There's a lot of good options, and and I just want to say for Hall, it's really great that I think you can match him up with almost anyone in the top ten right now, which seems obvious given you know three fight win streaks, fought beat some good names. But there was a time when I think a lot of people were afraid he'd be kind of relegated to gatekeeper. Uh, you know that mid, j- just as maybe hovering around the top of Dean, just outside the top ten status. He really is ready. And has always had the talent, I think, to be a top 10 guy. He was probably in there briefly after the, the Musashi win, uh, but has fallen out since. I think he's ready to return. So really, anyone in the top 10. But uh, yeah, I, li- I like the Wyman idea for sure. Coleman event. Bryce Mitchell, along with his camo shorts and his thoughts of about COVID-19, picked up the biggest win of his career over Andre Feely. He passed the test. This guy deserves to be in the top 15. He proved it. He deserves a fight against somebody else in the top 15. And if you watch the post-fight show, I had two suggestions. Keep in mind that Bryce Mitchell said he broke his hand. He'll have to take some time off. So one option for me is Dan Ige. And I'm not sure if Ige will want to wait that long to fight. But if he does, I think that's, the, that's number one. The other... And I'm sure you're in agreement, AK. I wasn't in on Mitchell versus Ryan Hall after UFC 249. I wasn't. I wanted the Feely matchup. We got it. Now I see it. And now I'm ready for that fight to be injected into my veins. Either of those two are excellent choices, in my opinion. 
I'm sure you're going with Ryan Hall, but do you have anything else on that notepad of yours, sir? I do. I do. Well, I like EJ. I like Ige because I have Ige ranked higher than Ryan Hall. I think he's higher than the official rankings too. I have Ige at ten in my uh, my my mystery rankings. Um, and and uh, yeah, I like that matchup. I think that's the matchup that Mitchell's honestly. If that's the matchup they should be campaigning for. I think it's a fav- I think I mean Ige is a great fighter, but I do think it's a stylistically it's a it's a good uh, matchup for for Mitchell. Um, and, and again, I think he's higher ranked than Ryan Hall, even though we all know Ryan Hall is really one A. <laughs> <laughs> at all times, regardless of who is champion, regardless of who is the number one contender, Hall is just 1A. He's he's off to the side, right at the top of the, the featherweight charts. Uh, so, yes, of course, uh, Ryan Hall, everyone's calling for, everyone's, I've been calling for this fight for a while. So I'm totally down with it. That, for me, is number one option. I, I, I never know what's keeping Ryan Hall out. Sometimes injuries, sometimes opponent getting injured. He just can't seem to fight more than once every, like, 18 months. It's really unfortunate. So hopefully he can get a run going, and hopefully that starts with uh, Bryce Mitchell. The other name, and I normally don't like to do this. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't mind doing it. People don't like to match up unbeaten guys. Arnold Allen just lost his fight with Jeremy Stevens. They were supposed to fight this weekend, this coming weekend, actually. And uh, they're both undefeated in the UFC, so I know people will look at that and go, no, you know, let's let's keep building both guys up separately. But again, if we're talking really fun, stylistic matchups, it's not quite Hall Mitchell, but it'd be up there. Both guys really good grapplers, re- great athletes. Uh, and I uh, so Arnold Allen seven and zero in the UFC. Bryce Mitchell now five and zero in the UFC. Someone's O would have to go, but I have no problem with that. So if not, uh, if not Ryan Hall, because we just never know what's going on, going on with that guy. Uh, Arnold Allen, he needs a fight. Uh, so not not obviously this weekend, but maybe in December. Maybe they can move move uh, move Allen to December and take Mitchell with him. Yeah, it's just a, it would all depend on whether. Bryce's hand is good to go. I feel like mm-hmm. we're not going to see him again in 2020. Now, I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. Ha- if Arnold Allen was offered a fight with Bryce Mitchell, he would jump on in a heartbeat, I think. He'd be he'd be kind of crazy not to. Okay. Um, I have spoken to members of Arnold Allen's team over the last couple of days. Uh, there were some options presented to him to fight next weekend. None of them really made sense. I mean, he was supposed to fight Jeremy Stevens, a top 10 guy, loses that fight, and then to fight a guy that isn't ranked didn't make a whole lot of sense for him so unless somebody ranked steps in on short notice takes that fight we won't be seeing Arnold Allen fighting on Saturday now if Stevens can be rebooked or Edson Barboza wants to dance in December Arnold Allen has his sights on both of those fights but if Bryce Mitchell could come back in December he'd be all about it I like to see him yeah I'd like to see him wait for Mitchell not December January however long it takes because man they could talk to and then there'd be some (laughs) there'd be some chatter there'd be some pre-fight chatter let me put it that way so now we move to Greg Hardy, who finished Maurice Green in the second round. And look, he has his past. He'll always have his past. And he stated at the post-fight scrum that he almost pulled out of the fight a couple of hours before it started due to some folks trying to get him in some hot water because of his past. So uh, if you haven't seen it, I do a terrible job of explaining it. So go back to our <laughs> YouTube page, watch the scrum for more details on that. But it was, uh, it was very interesting. But he does get another win. He's unbeaten, unbeaten in five of his last six. He did have the Volkov fight that he lost. He won the Ben Sassoli fight, but it got overturned because of Inhalergate in Boston. But he's on a two-fight winning streak right now, AK. What do we do with the former NFL Pro Bowler now? Is this actually our first time? This isn't our first time matching him up on the show, is it? Do we match him up after oh, the it is. Oh, fight? I, I, I think it is the first time for our podcast version. Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Because this, yes. this would have been May, so like a little before we started doing the podcast. Yeah, so look... Uh, uh, it's our first time having to match him up. I'll, I'll say I'll get this out of the way for any future, and I'll probably go on a little mini rant every time. I'm not fond of Greg Hardy. Uh, 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 his past is very troubling to me. 
I know people have their own opinions about it, but I always I would implore people read about it, read about the initial conviction, read about why it was cleared. Yes, legally it's not on his record. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm acknowledging that, but uh, I I just find him to be an unsavory character, and I do I think there's a lot of credibility to the uh, allegations that were originally uh, levied against him. So I'll put it that way. So the less I, I say about his character, the better. I'll say he he looked improved uh, in this fight. I really I really think so. I think he looked improved in the Castro fight as well. And I would like to see him fight. I think. I don't know if I'm just doing this because I want to see him uh, like a, a stylistic matchup that foils him, but uh, Juan Espino. Ooh. I think Juan Espino would be interesting. Um, if not that, then a little more of a favorable matchup and a little more in line with the kind of guys they've matched him up with. But a tough opponent, uh, Tai Tuivasa. Um, yeah, I'm all in on Tai Tuivasa. Okay. I mean, it, listen, there's so many ways you can go with him. You could give him a vet that could, I guess, kind of put him over because the UFC seems to want to push him regardless of how people feel about him. You know, you give him a, a, an up-and-coming prospect – but I think two of us is like the perfect medium. It's like right in the middle. So put him up against another guy. He's coming off an impressive knockout win the week prior. People love them some Mr. Shuey. And if he can knock out Greg Hardy, everybody will be taking Shueys out of their disgusting and stinky, smelly shoes. So I think that's a that's a good fight. I think it should be next. And uh, I think time frame wise, it lines, lines up swimmingly, AK. Yeah. If you look at who they've matched up Greg Hardy with and you like kind of like formed an aggregate of those guys style-wise and, and body-wise and athleticism-wise, you, you get tied to Ivasa. That's kind of your... He's, I think the only difference is he's a bit... He's younger, I think, younger than most of the guys they normally throw uh, Greg Hardy in there with, which is why I think it's the next logical step. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Speaking with the guy, speaking of a guy with a lot of options, this guy has a ton of them. How about Kevin Holland? This this man has become a company guy. He's on his way to becoming a star for the organization. He treated poor Charlie Ontiveros, unfortunately, accordingly on short notice. We wish the best uh, to Charlie Ontiveros. Suffered a neck injury in that fight. Just got tossed around. That last slam was just nasty to watch, but. Another win, another bonus for Mr. Trailblazer. First fighter to go 4-0 in 2020. He wants the Mike Perry fight. I love that idea. I don't think he'll get it. The other option, and I'm going to steal your idea from earlier, have him ready. This is well, not really the same idea, but have him ready in case something happens with the Jock Ray versus Marvin Vittori fight. That is an option. He can slide right in there. You could do Christoph Jocko, maybe, but here's a, he's a guy who doesn't want to sit around, so... It's tough to matchmake for him. So I guess keep him ready. <laughs> he can step in. But if they can book Perry, great. Love to see that. But I'd like to see him get a big fight next if they can do it. But either way, keep him ready if he's needed. But he's in a primo spot right now. What do you think? Yeah, it's like look, he's both very easy to matchmake for because he will literally fight anyone at 185 or 170 on like... Uh, I give him an hour's notice. And if someone, <laughs> excuse me, and if it's someone at 185 or 170, he's in. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll take it, I'll take it. Which is why he ends up fighting guys who are like, you know, uh, budding contenders and also guys who are just making their debut in the UFC. Uh, so it's also hard to match make for him because we just cannot predict 
when he's going to fight next. It, it could literally, it could be this weekend. Honestly, we just don't know with him. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people want to see him face a top ten guy, and I'm okay with that. I, I think it has to be the right top ten person. I mentioned this on our our post fight show on Saturday night. Uh, Calvin Gastelum, I think, is a really really good option for him. A fun fight, also. Uh, normally, again, Calvin Gastelum, three-fight losing streak. Holland now on a four-fight yeah, four losing streak, 4-0 in, in 2020. I normally hate to match up guys who are you know, going so much in opposite directions, but Gastelum's going to have to fight somebody uh, at some point. And he's on a three-fight losing streak. Really, uh, it's very hard to find a matchup against someone who's in his range and also isn't also on a one-fight, some, some sort of winning streak. So Calvin Gastelum would be my number one option. But again, I also like Jacare. If we want to talk a top 10 guy, especially if he gets past uh, Vittori. And then the Vittori thing, there's a lot of heat between him and Holland already. The one other option I, want, I was thinking of was maybe Derek Brunson. But I think Brunson's kind of getting tired of being a, a prospect killer slash gatekeeper type guy. You know, he has that great re- reputation of only losing to champions. I think he wants another an, another shot at an elite guy. So it might not be fair to him, but I could see them making that matchup. But for me, Gastelum, that's my top choice. Yeah, it's, Brunson's in a, in, a, in a weird place right now. So, yeah, he deserves a bigger fight after taking on a couple of couple of names, especially the Shabazian win. But uh, let's head to the man who kicked off the main card, got a big win over Bobby Green. That is one Tiago Moises. Close fight. A lot of people scored it for Bobby Green. I was one of those people, but it was a close fight, and I am not here to scream robbery. He's now two, three and two in the UFC, two fight winning streak. He stopped Michael Johnson. Now the win over Bobby Green. Where does the Brazilian go from here? I, I, you know, uh, this is always. I don't like to go to this well too often. The uh, two guys fought in the same card. Let's just match them up. They both won. They both look good. He mentioned this name after. Uh, I, I do like the uh, the Alexander Hernandez matchup. I think it makes a lot of sense for both guys right now. Um, uh, Moises mentioned after he said like Don Cerrone and he mentioned some other names. He mentioned Drew Dober, uh, Drew Dober, Diego Fajeda. I don't know if he knew that fight was off, so I don't mind that either. Uh, Drew Dober, uh, that call out because uh, Fajeda, I think uh, arm injury, something like that. We don't yeah. know when he'll be back. So uh, Drew Dober, I think made sense. Francisco Trinaldo kind of threw out there maybe like a Fight Island thing, but we don't know. You know, they have to wait till, till they get back there. So I'm gonna maybe kill two birds with one stone in our show here and say uh, Alexander Hernandez. I was thinking about doing the same thing. And I chose not to do that. Okay. But, I mean, as has been the case for a while now, and this is going to be a theme over the next couple of picks, there are no easy fights at 155. There just isn't. And I think he's going to find himself in another tough proving ground fight as he looks to move closer to the top 15. So he's definitely going to need a couple more wins before he cracks the top 15. So let's give him another stiff test, another grinding kind of a fight with another really underrated guy in this division. I'm thinking we do Tiago Moises versus Vince Pichel. Pichel uh, coming off the win against Jim Miller. I know I had given Pichel the, the, the Sarukian fight back in July. I am changing my mind. We do Moises versus Pichel. That is my pick. If we're going to see how good Tiago actually is, you got to beat a guy like Vince Pichel who's just going to give you everything he's got and he's going to put you in some really tough spots. I think the only uh, Pachel was absolutely on my radar for uh, Moises. I think the only reason I didn't was I believe I've, on previous shows I met. I feel like I've used Pachel's name. I keep throwing it out there, but only because again he's he's one of those guys like you said he's in that he's that great uh, litmus test for a lot of a lot of uh, mid you know lightweights in the mid range. So uh, I have no problem with that. I think I want to see him fight Bobby Green at some point. But again, Moises just beat Green, so uh, maybe that makes sense for him to get get the Pachel fight now. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, Moises looks really good. Uh, Pachel Alexander Hernandez again. We, yeah, like I said, go a younger guy, go a more veteran guy. He can't really go wrong. I, I, I also, I actually did think that he may have edged out the fight. I did, a, I did an instant robbery review, uh, so people don't look for that. Don't look for that <laughs> in the site. I do, I don't think I'll be writing a robbery, robbery, a proper 
proper robbery <laughs> review for that. Why do I do these things when I know we're on air? Uh, proper robbery review for that fight. Uh, hashtag, so it is not a robbery. Well, you already gave your pick for one Alexander Hernandez, who is back with a clear-cut victory. What a performance against Chris Gritzmacher. It was kind of uh, just what the doctor ordered for Alex Hernandez. He looked great. Seems to have found himself in a, in a really good place physically, mentally, going to Factory X. A lot of interesting options for Hernandez. And this is no disrespect to Gritzmacher, but this was the play all along. Let's get Hernandez back in the wind column. Let's have him look impressive. And he got a great matchup to do exactly that. So my thought is, kind of like Moises, we have to see if this is all for real. And it really depends on how much you want to push him towards that top 15. So you have options. One, and this is my first option, Brad Riddell. 3-0 and in the UFC, not ranked. He has called out Hernandez before. I think that's a really fun scrap. Tough fight for both. And I think a top 15 spot could come out of whoever wins that fight. The other thought I had was give him another guy coming off of a win. And a guy whose last loss, like Hernandez, was to Drew Dober. How about Nazrat Hakparast? That's a fun matchup. The UFC seems relatively high on Mr. Hakparast. I like that fight. And I'm going to throw one more out there. Because the UFC, they like to jump the gun pretty quick on different things. And I know for a fact that this gentleman would take this fight, despite being ranked in the top 10. Diego Fajera would absolutely fight Alex Hernandez if they don't rebook the Drew Dober fight. He thinks he'll be ready in December. Hernandez had a quick fight, so I think December seems right. Fajera would absolutely take it. Hernandez would too, because why not? It's a top 10 fight. That's the lower ranked choice of the three, but it is an option nonetheless. I'm intrigued by all of those. I do think Hernandez, I actually have Hernandez ranked just outside the top 15, so quite a bit higher than uh, Hack Prest and Riddell. Though again, at lightweight, from 30 to 16, it's like barely barely separated by anything. So so I have him, I have on my mystery rankings, I have Riddell at 30 and Hack Prest at 29. Uh, but again, that's not as far back from Alexander Hernandez as it sounds. It's like it's almost like right next to him. Uh, so I don't mind either of those. I went a little bit crazy with my other options for Hernandez. Uh, Leonardo Santos is a name I, I just keep throwing out there. I just we just but but that might have to wait for island trip and don't i don't think do we know when their when their next visit to fight island is yet officially um nothing official but rumor has it yeah. late january early february okay so that's not too far it's possible i think that's we could see that by happen the other one is and if, and at first i thought this was crazy and i just looked up now and i realized they were booked to fight earlier this year maybe if you want to go real nuts with alexander hernandez the islam makachev uh Rafael dos Anjos fight that was just rebooked for the 14th it's it's a little crazy. I think both. I think obviously Dos Anjos is like a top five lightweight. He's dropping back down, and Makachev has the winning streak. He's not quite in the top five, but I mean he has the the, the talent for it. That's true. He's he's not in the winning streak that merits possibly a top five, top ten ranking. Maybe it's a little too much too soon. But I, I got Moises, my number one choice. If if he waited for the Makachev Dos Anjos winner, I wouldn't hate that. I would do like if if Makachev beats RDA, okay. Hernandez versus RDA. Would, would be fine. Oh. I don't want to give Hernandez Islam Makachev. That's just that's just kill it. I mean, no, no. I mean, no offense to RDA. I, I feel like Makachev's just gonna put him down and mini Habib him in a lot of ways. And I think if if Mak, if Makachev does win and does so impressively, I mean, here's the guy with Habib gone. 
I, I guess depending on who you speak, who you talk to, Makachev's going to be that next guy to get that push and to get that rub. So I don't know. That's a tough one. I hated that matchup for at, Hernandez at when they first at, booked it. At, at lightweight, you mean? Yes. Because we all know who's actually getting the next Habib. Yes, uh, yes, well, yes. Someone we'll talk about. Well, definitely going to talk about during the reader things if we haven't already found a way to mention it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so let's head to everyone's favorite segment, the wild card round, where we match make for someone at this past Saturday's event that we haven't booked a future fight for yet, and we're going to do it right now. So, AK, we've been finding some success with these as of late, so we will begin with you. I'm... Yeah. Tell yeah. people. Which ones? Tell people. Well, we Tell had people. Casey Kenny, Nathaniel Wood, and I'm just going to ride that wave for as long as we can. I still think you knew. I still think you knew. I really I still didn't. Think... Mike, Heck, Mike Heck is a man with his pulse. His... No, his. I'm sorry. His... I was going to say his pulse on the finger. Oh, man. <laughs> Edit that out. Pause. Pause for editing. Mike Heck is a man with his finger on the pulse of MMA. He talks to pe- he talks to people. People don't li- Mike Heck. I love people. People know I love Mike Heck. All right, this is this is this is everyone knows this. This don't listen to his, don't listen to him when he says when he calls out a matchup when he feels this strongly about a matchup and says oh I'm just I didn't know I didn't know this man talks to people he knows things. All right, he tries to play humble sometimes like he knows things. So I still think you had some sort of inside edge matchup, but that was a hell of a call out. I will say that. And, and it, and everything worked. It, it was exactly, I think what you wanted to turn to great fight. And, uh, we're really good outcome for really for both guys, even in, even for in defeat for wood. So yes, I will let you have that one. Mike Heck. Um, I should, uh, okay. So wild card this week, uh, you know, I'd like to do a lot of few quick hits. Charlie Antiveros, get well soon. We mentioned him earlier, please. You know, it's good to hear. I think it sounds like, I believe the reports, it was just a next strain. I say oh, just good. a next. I say just a next strain, but I think getting slammed in a UFC fight and suffering a next strain is a pretty scary thing, regardless. So, uh, but hopefully that is uh, the extent of the injury, and and he just needs to rest and recover. Nothing major, you know, no surgery, nothing permanent. Cole Williams, Cole Williams, get it together. Uh, I hate to kick a guy <laughs> when he's down. Like I hate negativity. I hate, I hate to kick a guy who's down, but. You cannot miss weight by over four pounds for both your UFC fights and then get dominated in both your UFC fights. You, you, you know, I think it's fair to levy a little criticism in his direction. So hopefully, but I'll say this, he sorts everything out and we see him back in the UFC someday. He's still very young in his career. This is like less than 15 pro fights. So Cole Williams, whatever's going on, I hope you're all right, buddy. And, uh, and we'll see you in a big show again someday. Uh, Anderson Silva, like I said, we, we, we I don't know if he's your wild card pick. He's not mine officially, but uh, bare knuckle boxing. That's really all that needs to be said. Uh, and then my actual, my <laughs> my actual pick, Mike. This guy, I enjoy. There's two. There's so many great stories on Saturday. Not not just the Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall stuff, but also uh, uh, Dustin Jacoby getting a win in his second run with the UFC. His first UFC win in like nine years after making his UFC debut and not getting a win his first his first couple of tries. So that was amazing. But the other great story, Sean Strickland coming back from a motorcycle accident, uh, hasn't competed in over two, in two years, and just looking amazing, and just talking some, talking some, some, we can't swear, some ish on, uh, <laughs> talking some ish, to, oh my gosh, my goodness me, I, I need a transcript of everything he said in like the second round onward from his fight with Jack Marshman, and he just looked fantastic, so, uh, he, he was a kind of a welterweight up and, uh, you know, contender before he left. But I think if he wants to keep fighting frequently and with sort of the situation we're in now, of course, with the pandemic, I'd like to see him stay at 185. I think it's just easier for everyone. And I think it'd be cool if he fought the Brad Tavares Antonio Carlos Jr. winner. They're fighting in January 23rd. So a bit of a wait. I, I, he'd probably like to get in there sooner. And if that's the case, I'd like to see him go down to 170. I know if the, I just mentioned the weight cut thing, but just ignore me. I'm an idiot. James Krause. James Krause. Two guys uh, not having to cut weight. Two veterans, fun fight, 
I'd love to see him talk crap to Kraus, see how Kraus would put up with that. <laughs> so uh, I think we've matched up Kraus before, but I think that'd be a fun one. And the other one is maybe if he really wants to fight again soon, replace Sean Brady and fight uh, Bilal Muhammad uh, in a welterweight bout at, uh, or maybe a catchweight bout if it's easier for them, uh, December 19th. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are throwing out Strickland versus Holland because of what that would sound sure. like. Sure. Uh, don't like that for Kevin Holland right now. I think it's a really dangerous fight. So it's a high-risk, low-reward matchup for him. I mean, on Twitter, I picked Dustin Jacoby versus William Knight. I said that during the weigh-in show as well. That mm-hmm. fight should absolutely be made, but not the one I'm going with here. So I was, I had a hard time deciding this morning how I was going to do this because I was going to go to the deepest division in the UFC like I typically like to do, the Bantamweight division. We had Miles Johns get a win. We also had Adrian Yanez get a win. And the journey takes an M. Night Shyamalan kind of twist, AK, because... It seems like I'm setting them up to fight each other. So I decided to make a choice. I'm going with Adrian Yanez because I want to see more from him. Okay? You said pump the brakes on the post-fight show. Let's pump the brakes on these guys. So I want to see him against somebody who will be in his face throwing hams at him the entire time. A man that is coming off his first UFC win, just like Mr. Yanez. I'm getting pumped just thinking about the tornado of fun this fight could be, AK. (laughs) How about Adrian Yanez versus Tony Kelly? I say to the fight-watching world, you are welcome, and enjoy the chaos. Those two dudes, good lord. Good lord. That is a ton of fun. Uh, the only reason I avoided making booking fights for Yanez or Miles Johns because there's there, there are no bad matchups at 135. I cannot say that. Anyone who listens to our shows, I'm sorry. You're going to hear me say this just constantly. There are no bad matchups at 135. I also didn't realize... Uh, how deep this division had become uh, according to my list there's at least I think 80 con- uh, contracted uh, bantamweights compared to if you want to look at flyweights there's like 20 so there's <laughs> that's a, there's four times as many uh, and then up above that uh, oh, quite a few featherweights as well but yeah, I would call that a deep division uh, as well so there was a time when bantamweight was not as as stacked uh, like the talent was out there just not necessarily in the UFC but now the UFC roster is holy crap I'm just looking like even like guys at the bottom like guys who didn't get wins. I, I'm looking at all these names. I remember them having strong performances, uh, even in losses. So what a sick division. So, uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I have no other suggestions for Yanez. Like I said, he's pretty early in his career. Tony Kelly, I think, is as, is, uh, as good as anyone. But, um, yeah, him, like you said, Miles Johns, I, that's certainly possible. I don't think they go in that direction. But easily that's, that's a matchup they could, they could throw in there. They both won. They both look great. Um, and that could happen soon. Who knows? Miles John should fight like Hunter Azure or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Have they not fought before? I just feel it feels like one of those fights that happened in the regional scene, right? But no, I guess no, apparently they haven't. No, they have. Yeah, they both both came off the contender series the same year. Yeah. Both got contracts. I think that's right, that's a right. great fight to make. Do we have any uh, any listener suggestions? Oh, okay, so many, so many. Okay, so uh, I'll I'll go. Uh, yeah, the one email we got first from our good buddy Tristan Gordet, who dominates <laughs> our our post fight show. Uh, I'll just look at some of these. Uh, I'm just reading this email now, so, so I should I should screen these. But he likes uh, Bryce Mitchell and Dawadu. Eh, I don't know. I think they're going in different directions. I think both going upwards, but not par- like not par- like. Uh, actually, sorry, they are parallel. So I don't want to see them. Uh, oh, Greg Hardy versus Tom Aspinall. The UFC is not going to do that. No, because I think Aspinall would smoke Greg Hardy, and uh, that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, okay, so that's a couple suggestions from Tristan. I won't read his whole email. So thank you, Tristan, for sending the email. Another regular listener of ours at Mighty Magic Mart Martin on uh, on Twitter. He likes he he mentioned Hall Brunson, which might be where I got that germ of an idea. Uh, though, oh no, I said Brunson for Holland, right? 
Yes. Another thing with Hall Brunson is it would be a rematch I don't think people want to see, though it was four years ago. So if we, you know, if we mentioned kind of Weidman as a possibility, I guess Brunson would be a possibility. I don't love it. Uh, of course, he's also down. Uh, Martin is also down with Mitchell, Ryan Hall, which I think we'll see a lot of. And uh, this one I actually didn't mind, and I'm surprised not everyone's mentioned it. Holland and Amari Akhmadov. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, I thought about it, but I didn't I didn't mention it for the show. And then, and then Martin brought it up, and I said, yeah, I see it. I see it. Uh, at Toke DK likes your idea of Uriah Hall, Yoel Romero. So there's a supporter there. Okay, and then we have our solicitations from our own uh, from our own Twitter account, which I'd like to send out after some of the fight. I don't do it for everyone, because, Mike, you and I are pretty good at matching up you know, some of the main card guys. I don't know if we need them. Uh, <laughs> also, I have to get in. So someone said for Strickland, Hamza Shemaev. Ring, <laughs> ring the Shemaev bell. We have, uh, as the obligatory mention, uh, uh, well, Holland, of course, which you brought up. Zach Cummings. Zach Cummings, again, another guy. We're just waiting for him to get a fight booked. Really, he's in that range. You could, do you want to see him fight another veteran? He can fight a veteran. Does the UFC want to test out a, uh, you know, one of their prospects against him? Absolutely, you can do that. So I, I like all those options. Again, Sean Strickland, just, just a great, uh, great form. How do you feel about this one for Alexander Hernandez? This is from, sorry guys, I should be bringing out your names here. At 302, Pat McCabe. Kevin Lee when healthy. Could be a long wait, but what do you think about that? I thought about that. That mm-hmm. was on my mind. Because I think that's a winnable fight for Hernandez. And a winnable fight for Lee. I mean, I think it's an interesting matchup. But again, it's just it's just so unsure of when Kevin Lee can fight again. So, I don't know. I like I like it if like Lee can come back somewhat relatively soon. I mean, if Hernandez gets another fight booked in, like, December, January, February, gets another win, and Lee can come back in, like, June, July, sure. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Definitely something they could they could move towards. Another guy we're not sure when he's fighting again, speaking of Kevin Lee, uh, Gregor Gillespie, sure, I'd be okay with that. I don't, I don't know if I, if I love it, but I, I see a couple of people mentioning that one. Uh, at ELX, Leon Sal... E-L-X-L-E-O-N-X-S-L-A-L-A-S. That's going to be great. I'm sure people can look that up right away, I'm sure. Um... I think he's saying Joel Alvarez. I don't know. I think Alvarez is way behind Hernandez. It'd be an exciting fight, but I think that's not that's not good for Hernandez. So uh, I appreciate it being mentioned. Don't love it. Uh, Kevin Holland. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I remember. Now I remember why I had to read this one out. From Matt Gioia uh, at Gioia Plata G I. Uh, I'm not. Why am I spelling this out? At uh, Gio Plata on Twitter. Michelle Pereira. Oh man. <laughs> oh, the reaction from Mike Heck. At 170? I, either. I, I think either. Michelle Pereira could, should uh, really be 185 or sometimes he's huge. God, that would be crazy. <laughs> I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. I've really been neglecting my Michelle Pereira matchups. I mean, Pereira's going to have to win another couple of fights before he yeah. can get there. But that, I mean, good Lord, if he can win a couple more fights, that's that's fun. That's a lot uh, of fun. And I, had, I also wanted because Matt Goya, uh, he at, at Sean Shelby, uh, do it. No balls. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Because I, I think if you brought that up to Sean Shelby, I'm sure he'd consider it. I don't think that kind of aggression is necessary. I think Sean Shelby would be like, yeah, that's a cool matchup. Like, I've, I've, I've never heard him specifically shoot that matchup down. So, um, but uh, thank you for bringing that up, Joe Plata. I had not even, Matt Goy, I had not even... I had not even thought about that. Uh, <laughs> the and, fight and, card was still going on. Right, you... Sean Shelby's, he might have been he might have been out with his kids trick or treating. Come on, leave the guy alone. Uh, I see another um, Hakeem Dewadu thing for uh, for Bryce Mitchell. I don't I don't know. Did we not put enough thought into that? But I, again, I just it just doesn't work for me. Uh, and that is 
oh, what did someone else say? I thought someone else did something, said something funny. Ryan Hall, of course, right? There's a couple of Ryan sure. Halls out there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, who knows? Maybe we see a matchup with Mean Hakeem and we'll be like, man, why didn't we mention that? So good on the readers, I guess, for throwing that one out there. I think it's because, you know, there are often times where you can't avoid prospect versus prospect, but you can avoid it here. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fight you want to see when they're both, like, in the top five or, you know, in the top ten or up the ladder a little more. You don't want to see them, you know, trying to get it, break into the top ten and have them fight each other to get there. You'd rather see Mitchell fight a Hall or a veteran or someone who's been in combat sports for a while, a guy that... Duato just seems... I don't know. I I love the fight, and I'd love to see it someday. I just don't think the time is now. I think you're going to have to hold off on that one, but... uh, Yeah. Not next. I agree. Not next. Yeah. But... Thank you, readers. Readers, man. Readers are bringing it now. Readers are really bringing it. I'm, I'm glad uh, glad to see all the suggestions out there. Yes, and you can keep them coming. So hit us up on Twitter with those suggestions. He is at Alex K. Lee. I am at MikeHeck underscore JR. And join us again next week as we discuss future matchups coming out of UFC Vegas 13, which will be headlined by Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira, who signed bout agreements, had this fight moved around a couple of different times, in hopes of being the first title challenger for one Jan Blahovich. Turns out, according to Dana White, that is not the case because the UFC wants to book Blahovich versus Israel Adesanya instead. So what are they actually fighting for, AK? What are they fighting for? A spot on onto the next one, it appears. But other than yeah. that, what are they fighting <laughs> for? An illustrious spot. <laughs> Let's just hope this fight happens. My goodness. That the... It it, it uh, what when when was it first booked? Uh, let's let me take when was this fight first booked? It had to have been was the Fight Island thing? Was August, it always I think, the, right? Was it always an Apex show? That's a good question. So I guess that's not that bad. Again, it just feels it also feels like even though they they weren't in the same weight class for a long time, it does feel like a fight that should have happened. I guess September. That's just not too many, not too much. It's just, I guess all the stops and starts getting in my head. But yeah, uh, they're, look, they're fighting just to just to get back into action. And and yeah, like I said, kind of stay in the light heavyweight sweepstakes. But it does suck that uh, that they probably won't be getting the title shot now. Though we should say though that the uh, the Izzy the Izzy Yan fight is nowhere. I think nowhere near being official. So uh, Dana White, good on him for pushing that out. But uh, I think we can still see one of these guys step in and get that shot, depending on how everyone's schedules work out. But I- I'll say all oh, this also next week. I think it might be tough. I'm looking at the lineup. I don't no nothing's really jumping out at me for future matchups. But we'll see how it unfolds. Right? I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Arlovsky, Tanner Bozier's fun. Um, Hione Barcelos versus Kalitaha is a banger. Really like that fight. Ian Hines versus Brendan Allen is finally going down. Of course, you got Gedalia versus Jan. Uh, Chikadze is going to be on the card. He's fighting Jamie Simmons because, I mean, why not? Let's, he wants to fight. Let's get him on the card. But uh, Oh, I didn't know Brahimaj was making his debut. Yes. That guy's that guy's good. Oh, that guy's exciting. Yeah, tough Matt, Max Griffin his first fight. It's a late replacement. Oh my goodness. That's a tough that's a tough that's a tough guy to debut against. Yeah, Darren Elkins versus Garagori and our one of our favorite fighters of 2020, the return of Alexander Romanov. Oh, Take it on Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Good God geez. almighty. That's a lot of that's a lot of man meat in that cage, as I like to say. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> it's too late. It's out there. I like to say it. I'm not gonna lie. That's a lot of that's a that's a man meat matchup, as we call it, and normally in pro wrestling, but you, sometimes you get those in the in the MMA too, and you just go, you gotta point it out. So sneaky good card, uh, eleven fights and ESPN Plus wire to wire. So we'll break that one down at least the aftermath of it next week on the show. I mean, just uh, to share versus Santos, great fight, another sneaky good one, like I said, and we're excited to discuss it with all of you next week with that said we are out of time thank you so much for listening for alexander kaylee i am mike heck remember don't take this too seriously mma 
is supposed to be fun. And that's what we like to do here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 